forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast. Scary Scary Stories to to Tell tell on on the Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, spooky things you tell us about. And let me hold you right there. This is a comedy podcast about those things. It's not genuine horror lovers. It's people who shiver beneath blankets. Uh, and Anna and I are comedians. So the vibe of this is less standard Ouija board conversation and more like Jennifer Lewis is having a Zoom call with Elaine Stritch over a Ouija board. Andrew and I now both have um, bicycles in our home that we don't do. go anywhere. That's true. Now, um, Anna, the bicycle that you have in your home, you can see a trainer who can see your progress but cannot see you. Is that correct? Um. So I'm so brand new. I just was brought to my house today by two fellows. Um, And uh, you can see what I just, as far as I can see, there's like pre-recorded classes where like couldn't see if you, you, if they tried, (laughs) but then you can turn on your camera if you, but I think that's only if you want your friend to see you ride. I don't know if the instructor can see you. I don't want the instructors to see me. I know that's my main, that would be my main um, hesitancy to, to join a spin class is like, I want to improve myself without anyone seeing that I'm doing that. Yeah. That's my thing. I don't want to make anybody's day, (laughs) let alone a fit person's day. I don't want the teacher to be like, see, this is why I do what I do is because of (laughs) dumpy ass full-on <laughs> potatoes like you thank you for coming to class you brave potato yeah like, i can't um shout out to madam trash heap who has joined a class for the first time um <laughs> look at that it's so sad um <laughs> it, it truly I, although i i go back and forth sometimes i like to be the potato who makes hot people stay that's when i wear shorts in los angeles i um, mean that's just life as a comedy writer yeah for sure you gotta let there's got to be some upside to being hot and (laughs) if it's sometimes you see a potato in shorts that's i'm happy to be that for them but i don't want the trainers i specifically don't want the trainers to feel happy to see me i know anna i'm getting dangerously close maybe i've mentioned this before to getting one of those haunted workout mirrors it's really good to have a a haunted mirror in your home because (laughs) if it's scary then you know that makes your heart rate go up exactly exactly um so gentle listeners today is a wednesday it's a Wednesday, and on Wednesdays we read stories um, from outside of the specific um, scary stories to tell in the dark books, um, gathered by Alvin Schwartz with drawings by Stephen Gamel. Um, that's the only rule. It has to be scary, and it has to not be from that book. That is correct. Um, and this story was submitted by uh, a friend of the pod in that it's a friend of mine. Oh. Um, specifically my friend's husband, and when a friend marry someone that person is legally also your friend mm-hmm. you file taxes as, as their friend <laughs> um this is from a sweet fellow uh, my friend elizabeth gray uh her husband anthony kingsley which oh. is a gr- i have to say this podcast is a lot about husbands this is a great husband name anthony kingsley he is unbelievable a, he's a kind carnival barker 
that like isn't not his vibe, yeah. you know, like he's a musician and very outgoing, like oh. a true natural non-toxic extrovert. Oh, that's great news. I love to hear um, that. He's really great. Um, so I'm just going to read his story. And the subject line is spooky, gritty NYC subway story. <laughs> oh. That's right up your alley, Andrew. Yes. Very Sorry. Much I don't so. know why I said up your alley. That's, you, that's allowed. Speech. You're an ally. <laughs> I am. Okay, here we go. Hello, Anna and Andrew. Thanks so much for your great podcast. It's my only non-news podcast, so it has really helped dig me out of a sadness hole on more than one occasion. Great. Um, I have been listening since the beginning, partially because nepotism alert. I'm married to Anna's friend Liz, and I've had the good fortune to hang out with Anna a couple times. That's so sweet. Miss you and hope to see you when we visit whichever coast you're on at the moment. That's so nice. Not to brag, I've been on a plane. (laughs) Um. Since I've listened to just about every episode, I've had this nagging feeling that I should send you my own spooky story. I've hesitated because of something that may offend you too greatly. I don't believe in ghosts. (gasps) Wow. Divorce him. Toxic. (laughs) I love the pod in spite of my aversion to all things supernatural and hope we can still be friends. Hmm. Debatable. No, ghosts don't exist. It's fine. But I believe in them. And we have a lot of, I mean, I think that we are an entry point for a lot of skeptics, which I think is, which I think is fun and great. You know, it's like, um, yeah, yeah. it's sort of like being like, I'm agnostic, but then at this, every, every chance I get, I'm like, well, but you know, just in case I'll keep the cross up. Oh yeah. I identify as someone who doesn't believe in ghosts who believes in ghosts. (laughs) Yes. I don't think they exist, but I believe in them. Does that make sense? Okay. (laughs) Um, you might be wondering how someone so boring and joyless could even have a spooky story at all. Well, sometimes something's ha- sometimes something happens that's so spooky and intense that it can even make someone like me stop and think about it. <gasps> this story is a little less haunted and eerie and a little more gritty. There's some darkness here, like a true time, like a true crime scary story or something. I hope oh. it makes your ghostly qualifications. Okay, yes. Yeah. It does. Okay. The story takes place in Lower Brooklyn. For people who know the NYC subway, it happened at the 45th stop on the R train. Liz and I lived near there for a few years. She used to work till late in Midtown, and so she often came home really late, like 2 a.m. I was always home by then, so I would walk to the subway station to meet her. Oh, Come on. That's good. He's a good, he's an Anthony Kingsley. <laughs> I am a musician and a gamer, so when I was out, I was always either listening to music or playing something, generally insulated from the outside world. When the weather was nice, I would always be outside because why wait underground? Yes, this I this I relate to. Yeah, for sure. You got to hang out at the top of the stairs and then run as fast as you can when you hear it. <laughs> for some reason that night, I did not have my headphones in, which was definitely unusual for me. Also, for some reason, even though the weather was beautiful, I went underground. Why? I have no idea. As it turns out, it was pretty fortuitous that both of those unusual conditions were met. For, dear fellow pod fans, as I descended into the entirely empty subway station, except for one sleeping attendant behind a glass wall. Of course. I heard faint sobbing echoing (gasps) up from below. It was incredibly faint. So much so that I was unsure if crying was what I was actually hearing. I listened intently for a minute or so and couldn't confirm if I was just hearing things. I decided to swipe my MetroCard to go down to the platform to check. Important note about the MetroCard. I usually had an unlimited monthly card, but in this case, I was using one with cash that I had found on the ground somewhere. (laughs) So I actually paid money to investigate the sound that I was pretty sure I was just hallucinating anyway. 
I walked slowly down the steps to the platform. At first, I didn't hear or see anything. The station was empty on both sides. I thought, man, not only am I paranoid, but I also wasted like $2.50. But as I was getting ready to go back up, I heard another sob. Much closer. I peeked over the side of the platform and there was a man lying on the tracks. (gasps) He was curled up underneath the edge of the platform, so I hadn't seen him at first. I have no business being in this position, but I knew in that moment that Liz's train was minutes away and if I didn't act, he would be gone. So I said the first thing that came to mind. Hey man, I know life is really hard, but you got to get off those tracks and get up here. He didn't respond. I didn't know what to do. Then I remembered this station had an attendant. (laughs) I told him I'd be right back and sprinted up the stairs and banged on the glass to wake him up. Hey, I shouted, there's someone on the tracks on the southbound side. Stop the train. Having just woken up, he stared at me blankly. You have to stop the train, I shouted again. He snapped into action, called the trains to stop, and called the fire department. We were just a few blocks away from a fire station. Liz and I used to call 4th Avenue Siren Alley. Oh, boy. And so luckily, the fire department came very quickly, went downstairs, and escorted that poor guy out of there. I hope he found the help he needed. I waited around for Liz's train to pull in. She told me that she had been stopped between stops just before pulling in. Oh, Apparently, if I had gone down just a minute later, it would have been too late. (gasps) Now, I know that this is not a haunted couch slash dog slash landlord kind of story, but we have to face these questions. Why did I go into the dumb subway station when it was beautiful outside? Why were my headphones out when they were always, always in? Why did I pay money to investigate a sound I was pretty sure I was making up? Why is it that very few stations in that area haven't attended, but this one did? The answer, dot, dot, dot. Has to be dot, dot, dot. It's ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both for reading it. Thanks for the great pod. Anthony. Anthony, I think it is ghost. I I think the ghost is angel and the angel is Anthony. Yes. I, I do. I'm I'm about to say an incredibly uneducated thing, but I stand by it. I think like the, this, this question we have about like extrasensory perception or like when you just have a feeling that you can't, that you can't um, write off to like physical stimuli, you know, or evidence yes. that just comes from an entirely internal place. I don't know. I think there's something to that. Like, I think it's something everyone possesses and sometimes it just happens at the right moment. I think so too. I like, I, I, I don't know. I, I think like people who believe in the unexplained are kind of written off as stupid, but I think it's kind of, I don't know, short-sighted to be like, well, if my dumb little squishy jellyfish in my skull can't explain it, then it probably doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, you know, like we're limited by our own perception and there's no way to explain. Like, you never know. We're all in the same world together. So you never know when you're picking up on sort of micro information that's kind of floating out there. That's the thing. I I have to say, I witnessed something today that has changed my whole perception about everything. I was watching (gasps) America's Test Kitchen. and (laughs) and, Not what I was expecting. And apparently music affects your tongue's ability to taste. What? That if you, so they, they did this experiment. They had one of their expert tasters eat what he thought were two different types of chocolate. And during one of the types of chocolate, they were um, playing a sort of optimistic, bright tone. 
And then as he was eating the other one, it was a lower, deeper tone that sounded a little more ominous. And he, like, without hesitation was like, the first one I tasted had much brighter, sweeter notes. And the second one I tasted had more sour, complex, um, uh, bitter notes. They were the exact same chocolate. And apparently this is a real thing that, like – um, that, that at some ice cream shops, they even like pipe in brighter, like, uh, music to make people enjoy the ice cream more. Wow. Isn't that That's nuts? amazing. Yeah. And so, I don't know, that's, that's a very small thing, but it did make me think like, oh, the, the way our brain functions is just almost entirely a mystery to us. I mean, we have, we have certain like um, things that I don't, I don't mean to discredit uh, neuroscience in general, but if we knew We're everything about it, then it would be so easy to um, do everything we needed to do with our brains to make us all be like happy and healthy all the time. But it is a mystery. Yeah, definitely. I also, yeah, like I, I can't eat when I'm watching something about dead bodies. That's sort of the same thing. That's true. <laughs> I, I can't. Um, yeah, I don't like I don't like eating during commercials. <laughs> wow. It's, it's kinda, too chaotic. It's yeah, it stresses me out. Too many cuts. Interesting. Oh my god! I haven't even thought about that. A lot of cuts in a commercial. Yeah, but I, but um, for Anthony's story, I do. I love stories like this. In fact, Chris, I've never had this experience directly with someone on the tracks. But one time, Chris was uh, coming back from a late late shift at the Apple Store when he used to work there in um, Grand Central, which was wild. And he was on the far end of the track, and he witnessed a man pass out and fall on the tracks. <gasps> That's right. And luckily, like, like people were able to get them up. But you do just think, like, thank goodness. I mean, thank goodness Anthony made those decisions. And also, frankly, I think a lot of times um, it's a very natural thing for human beings to just sort of be like, well, I don't want to intervene, <laughs> you know, even if yeah. someone is in, like, abject danger. Um, and I think having that switch to be like, I need to go tell someone about this or spring into action is something that, like, we need to remind ourselves to do. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I also, yeah, it's like, you don't want to get in trouble or overreact, but like, yes, being able to snap out of that programming is really amazing. I, I don't know that I would have thought to go look for the station attendant. I feel like my instinct would have been to try to pull him off the tracks, which <laughs> would not, I, I can't pull myself off the couch. That's the, that's shot. the old stage manager in you. I can't, I can't. <laughs> I know do being bossy in a way that's not helping the process. Um, yeah, obviously if you're depressed, reach out for help, but I, you know, yeah. I it's the subways are, I've definitely been in that situation where you're like, uh, so depressed that you're like, I don't know. I, I don't recommend it, you know? Yeah. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first folks. Don't do it. Not not to be controversial, but we don't recommend it. I mean, um, come on. Yeah, I, I also think there's something – like, has this ever happened to you where you realize, like, you made one small decision that made, like, a tremendous difference? Wow. What, like what? Like, just like one – like, you took a different – like, it can be something little. Like, I always think about um, Chris had deactivated his – uh, okay, Cupid. Like moments after I sent the first message to him, so like we, Whoa. you know, that was that. And then he was like on a bench with his friend from college, 
And she was like, did you get any like messages from like cute guys when you were on OkCupid? And he was like, well, like towards the end, yes, but I, I, I don't know. I just don't know that it's right for me. And she was like, come on, like reactivate it. And that was like how that all happened. <gasps> no way. Right. Who was that friend? Um, her name is Sarah. Yes, Sarah. Uh, she lives in Boston. I'm very grateful That's for her. So crazy that Chris like knows your nieces and nephews and like <laughs> they love him and like they never would have. No, I know. And so I, crazy. And I mean, on a not to bring it back to soup burn, but I <laughs> truly that day I was like, I mean, that was a thing where it's like, well, I I made the decision to take the uh, blender down from the overhead cabinet instead of using the immersion blender, which folks always use the immersion blender when you're making a soup. Um, but I did have a moment when I was when I was uh, cooking where I was like, I should put on some sweatpants. And thank goodness I didn't, because if I had, it would have been much worse, as we've talked about. That's right, because the the soup would have steamed your your legs. Steamed the hell out of my legs like some asparagus in a Julia Child show. Yeah, <laughs> yummy. <laughs> um, no, I I was thinking about like the subway. Like for those who don't live in large cities, um, who are listening to this, and also there's something specific about the New York City subway that like because we don't have a lot of privacy in New York, like we mm-hmm. all live above below next to next to next to next to other apartments like on the subway people tend to kind of go into their own little hole and like give each other privacy but you can kind of look up and see every single person on the train is having their own separate experience um and like it is like a weird little um kind of jambalaya of little little people bubbles. Yeah. This is, I hate this. I hate what I'm saying, but like, I think, I think I've talked about this on the the pod before. So put, put a 20 in the, um, Chris Ryan (laughs) podcast repetition memorial fund. (laughs) But, um, I was on the subway with my friend, John, who, um, at the time, I, I think still like believes in God. And, uh, I was like in my reactionary, atheist I hate Catholicism phase so it was like it doesn't exist like if you believe in God that means you hate abortion which like (laughs) isn't not true but you know um so like there were always these debates that would happen and like it was I was very much like there's no God and God is used to control people and all that stuff um which again not not true but um we had like been having an argument about it that day and then got on the subway late at night and I saw a man who was like clearly ODing and like just sobbing and his he was opening his wallet and like taking stuff out of it and dropping it on the floor and just like sobbing and or I don't know if he was he was just like beside himself like pulling that stuff up and like was trying to just all of his like cash and cards and stuff were all over the floor mm-hmm. of the subway and it was late at night. And then a guy got on the subway who I swear to God looked like Jesus. Like wow. he just <laughs> looked like Jesus Christ. <laughs> like picture Jesus. That's what he looked like. And um, he just got on and sat down calmly next to the guy and put his hand on the man's shoulder. And the man just kind of froze and like saw like wept down into his lap, just like kind of let go and then he went and picked up the guy's stuff and put his wallet back together and gave it to him and then the guy pulled out a cigarette on the subway which you're not supposed to smoke on there and put it in his mouth and started lighting it and the man was sitting like four feet away from him and he 
went like, just like a little puff and blew out the man's lighter. And then the man like put the cigarette away and was just sobbing and he put his hand on him and was talking to him and kind of rubbing his back and then got off the train. The train was like waiting to leave and got off the train like at the next stop and walked away. And then I looked at John and he was like, fine like it very much felt like when people describe visitations and like angelic experiences I was like I said that was an angel and he said yeah I know (laughs) and I was like God is real and he was like I know and I was like no no no, you don't understand God is real and he was like I know that's what I've been saying (laughs) it's just like the most unbelievable experience that's really you know? lovely. I, I do I do feel like I have had the fortune of the good fortune of um when I'm in my like darkest moments, I will say that like people appear. And and you can you can describe this however you want, whether it's like the goodness of people or like um your ability to like anyone's ability to find the positive and the negative. But like <laughs> each day I had like three days in New York that I remember as being like three of my like darkest, saddest days. And each time that happened, I called him the entity of uh, I called him the entity of Soho because there was a man oh. I would not describe him as an angel because he was a full grown man in a business suit. This was not like a costume. This is a businessman. He was always riding on a scooter and having a very silly, frustrated conversation on a Bluetooth. And every single time it happened, it made me laugh so hard like he oh. wasn't doing it for the benefit of of anyone else but like it was just like being angry about nonsense you know but it like this serious man on a child size scooter <laughs> oh my god and that, that brought, rocks that really rocked and then there was another one and i only saw this person once but it really this was on one of the dark days um I was like just having a very sad day and I walked by this kid who was staring at a huge shaggy dog um, crossing the street with its owner. And the kid just looked at me and said, my stars, imagine being him for a day. And I was like, well, that <laughs> that is my guardian angel. <laughs> oh, like this Dickensian God. street urchin just appearing to cheer me up about imagining being a big shaggy dog for a day. That is something that is your like tailor-made antidepressant is imagining <laughs> being a big shaggy dog for a day, not forever. Cause yeah, forever just be one nightmare, day. But... Imagine being him for a day. And the fact that the kids had my stars, everything was just right about my that. My stars. And shout out to that kid who was back in heaven where he is God. <laughs> um, my he took God. a little trip to Soho to um, go to the swatch store. Um, and then great. And then just very quickly, uh, on the subject of, um, last week's urban ledge where we talked about, um, the, uh, or I guess it was Monday, yesterday's episode about, um, how I wanted proof of, um, like haunting of Hill house behind the scenes stuff (laughs) so I could be less scared. Like I needed to see like a catering menu or something to make it boring and not scary. Um, Colleen Weaver wrote to us. Um, Hi, Anna and Andrew. On a recent episode, Anna was saying there should be a website that talks about the production of horror shows because it, horror shows Who? because it could help them 
make them less real and scary. I completely agree that having behind the scenes knowledge about a scary show makes it less haunting. When I watched the first season of Stranger Things, I had nightmares and had to take long breaks between episodes. But then I spent some time in Atlanta and was actually a dead extra on the second season of Stranger Things. Wow. And seeing how certain effects are created helped a lot with not getting too frightened by other shows. If you've seen Stranger Things and it spooked your butt, I can tell you some stories that might help. If you haven't seen the show, there's some spoilers ahead. Okay, so, you know, beware. Um. Firstly, they covered me in fake blood from my scene and it tasted like candy canes. So TV blood is actually dessert. Yummy, not scary. Andrew, have you ever eaten any uh, Ben Nye stage blood? I have. I recall it being sort of flavorless corn syrup, but. um, Oh, I remember the minty stuff. It rocked my world. Oh, that's nice to Um, hear. Yeah. The stuff that's safe to go in your mouth uh, stains your clothes and the stuff that doesn't stain your clothes is not safe to go in your mouth. So if you need to spit blood all over an audience, you're screwed. (laughs) Is what I went to college to learn. Okay, back into the email. All of the demo dogs, scary monsters in the show, yes. were CGI motion capture, so they weren't even in the same room as the actors. I was on set for Sean Aston's last scene. Wow. It was also his last day, so we all gathered around the monitors to watch his spoiler scene. Yes. The word spoiler is death scene. It's fine, whatever. It's five years old it was like a party we laughed as sean gurgled minty blood and was pounded on by the woman who was the motion capture body for the demo dog oh, i love <laughs> she that was, <laughs> that's great she was super nice and gentle the whole thing looked like a dance and the actors were clearly having a good time also to create the effects of demo dogs eating sean's corpse a crew member just nudged his body with a push broom <laughs> while he played dead <laughs> Oh my god. god. I just picture Sean Aston being like absolutely wrathed around by like a local hire, just a sweet woman who's like, I saw you in Lord of the Rings and I loved it. <laughs> just barking at him. Um and just being nudged with a broom. So high high tech. Um, all of this was comical to watch without the added effects and Winona screams. I've attached a happy picture of myself and Sean Aston with cuts and blood. See, we're okay. And it's a picture. Of them with um, Sean Astin. That's really lovely. And they're in a very nice sweater with like a very like 80s lapel shirt underneath. And then Sean Astin is gored to death and covered in blood. <laughs> <laughs> and just smiling. He likes acting. It's fine. Oh, that's really great. I, I love hearing these background stories about scary things. I Have you ever seen the interview with the 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 actor who played the little kid in the shining when they ask him what he's thinking in a moment on screen. <gasps> no. And he what says he say? about how much money I was going to make. So I could get a bicycle. <laughs> what the fuck? And then he laughs. Psycho. And he oh was a little, little kid. It's like in some interview and it's very funny to me. Yeah, um, I guess he does a lot of shocked face in it. Yeah. And I guess, I guess as a kid, you would just be thinking like, you have no concept of money, but you know, like movie stars in theory make a lot. So you're like, I'm going to get the biggest bike imaginable. My God. Yeah. That's scary. Uh, this um, is- and then just a little bit more of the email. Sorry. No, no, please. Sorry. Mm, I'm not done reading the email. <laughs> um, they say all these experiences actually inspired me to pursue a career in special effect, special makeup effects, <gasps> where I've learned a lot of the other tricks of the trade. That have helped me remember that scary shows aren't real and the creators are probably having a blast. Wow. Thanks for the awesome podcast and thanks for reading my last email about Oracle Pogs. I wasn't expecting to make it on the pod in May, my month. Thanks, Colleen <laughs> Weaver. 
Oh my God. Colleen, thank you so much. Thanks for doing gore. Thank you for helping me. And for reminding um, us about Oracle po- um, Oracle Pogs. You gotta. Um, I guess this doesn't help me with like VFX ghosts, which are my least favorite. Mm. Um, they scare me. So, yeah, you'd, but- you'd need someone who's like, I'm a VFX artist. Like, here's the code that I put in to make her look gray. You know? That would really help me if somebody's got... If somebody has the code, please reach out. <laughs> wow. This um, has been a really, I kind of like the, um, this is new territory for us, Anna. It is. In this episode. We're sort of, yeah. Heroes and and other things. Yeah. Unexplained decisions, just little decisions you make that you don't know why you made them. And they ended up being like the exact right thing to do at a certain point in time. Kind of like yeah. more positive final destination sort of stuff. <laughs> your, your life is coming for you, whether you want it or not. <laughs> life is coming, not death. Wow. Anna. Wow. That, about it. That's a Billabong t-shirt for sure. It is. And also then Colleen, uh, you know, going down to Atlanta to do a day as an extra and then going into special effects makeup. Oh, that's really nice. You never know. Uh, Anna, before we go, I think it's time for our favorite segment. Scary, Scary ideas, ideas for, for things, things that, that could, could happen. happen. Um, um, do you have one that springs to mind or should I go? Yes, I'll go. Okay. And this is going to be another entrant in the, um, in the, the anthology of, you are the young bride of a, a, a shockingly rich, much older man. My favorite. Okay. You are the young bride of a shockingly rich, much older man. And he has left. You wake up and find that he's gone, which isn't unusual because he has a very demanding life that you don't know a lot about because you're just a young bride. And he left a note on the pillow that says, open me. And you think that's strange. You go to open it, but it's not an envelope. It's just a piece of paper. And there's nothing on the pillow. There's nothing under it. And you're looking around the the sumptuous satin sheets. um, (laughs) And um, you hear the, the, the butler sort of moving around downstairs and... You think, did he forget to give me a gift? And then you look over the edge of the bed and lying there with a slit from his throat to his crotch is your shockingly rich, much older husband. That That could happen. Ooh, this one was, this one was dark. He's gone. He's gone. He forgot the gift because he's gone. And now what? We'll <laughs> just have to stay tuned. <laughs> and now what? Anything could happen next time. Um, do you okay. have one? I do, I do. Okay. You're trying to go Amazon free. You're just giving it an attempt mm-hmm. to say to see if you can do it because you want to start supporting local businesses. Um, but... Uh, you do find in the middle of your sidewalk with no bangs up or bruises or cracks what appears to be an unboxed, unused Amazon Alexa. And you figure, well, I'm not buying it. 
So I'm not I'm 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 not supporting small businesses, but I'm also not supporting a massive corporation. So I'll take this on. So you pick up the Alexa, you bring it inside, you plug it in, and you figure let's let's just see what this what this thing can do. And you say, Alexa, um, could you play some Thelonious Monk music? And it pauses and it lights up a little bit, and then, in the most annoyed, unholy voice. It says, no, no, no. That That could could happen. happen. Andrew. You got an Alexa who had enough. A pissy Alexa? Yeah. Come on. That's scary. (laughs) That is scary. I also have to say, um, (laughs) I got a message from a friend of mine, Janine Hogan, who's a very funny comedian and producer. We did Story Pirates stuff together for a while. And (laughs) she, she was like, are do you and Anna pre-plan those or are they improvised? And I was like, oh friend, these are off the oh top God. of our smooth, smooth brains. Imagine. And, and I was very delighted that um that Janine was uh was like, I can't believe it. I love them. <laughs> That's so sweet. So thank you, Janine. I mean, if we planned anything, it would be a much different thing. Oh, hugely different. Yeah, yeah. It's That's why most of these just come from me looking around my kitchen table where I'm currently recording at an item and then just improvising off of that. Yes, correct. Um, but everybody, thank you so much for tuning in once again. Um, if you want more of us, you can always follow us on Instagram or Twitter at ScaryStory underscore pod. Yeah, and you can send us your scary stories to our email, scarystorypod at gmail.com. And thank you to Anthony and Colleen for writing in with your stories. Oh, we're so grateful. And And to um, everyone else, get out. out. This has been a Forever Dog production. Scary Stories to Tell on the Pod is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Chris Ryan. Cover art by Bats Langley. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news.